0: hey it's uncle fiatro here uh they kind of forgot about me this episode but that's okay because we got a bunch of answers and name drops and new characters kinda depends on your definition uh but hey listen what is a disappointment if not a podcast intro running for too long am i right let's get into it it's the infinity watch podcast
1: Wow. Wow.
2: What an intro. We would
1: cool. like to take this moment to let our listeners know that if you are having troubles with that, there are resources out there that can help you. Just kidding. Eric will probably cut that and he probably should. Uh, welcome to the Infinity um, Watch podcast. I had podcast. no plans. I love it. I love it. No, <laughs> I love I the Fiatro drop. I love it. Um, <laughs> welcome to the Infinity Watch podcast. This is episode seven. Uh, where we're discussing Episode 8 of WandaVision. My name is Tommy. I'm here with my co-host, Eric. And joining us again is our guest, Kate. Welcome back.
2: Hi! What up?
1: So, uh, we have one episode left of WandaVision to air, and we are here to discuss Episode 8. Kate, since we already talked to you last time about your relationship with nerdy stuff, Marvel and Star Wars, all these things... Um, how 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 would you describe your journey with WandaVision so far? Like, what are your overall thoughts? Without going too much into this episode from this week,
2: overall thoughts was like I would say started slow, but I was super interested and just compelled. I had to know what was going on with these TV shows, and then like in the middle episodes, like three, four, five, was just like crazy shit. Like, holy, like you couldn't keep up with all the craziness (laughs) that they were dropping. And now I feel like it's like slowing down to a reasonable pace. So
1: reasonable in a that. good way or a bad way. Are you still kind of on the high of it or are you um, kind of in the middle?
2: I, I think I'm still enjoying the pace that they're at because now we're really getting some answers. But they're you still want to know more, I think.
1: Yeah, for so sure. I'm, I'm, I'm happy. All right. I love it. Well, let's let's uh, we'll, we'll pause on WandaVision for just a second. Uh, as we go through Marvel and and nerdy news and whatnot. And then we'll jump right into it, because this is a big episode. Um, I'm really interested to hear what Eric has to say about a lot of the things that were revealed and talked about this time. I think it directly goes into a lot of the questions, Eric, that you were asking in our last episode, uh, seeking some answers. So really looking forward to it. But let's jump into Marvel news. Um, One that I know Eric will definitely have some opinions on. Uh, Even though, you know... What what doesn't what don't we have an opinion on here, especially Eric? You know, so that's what we're here for. Um, Okay, so last week, something really weird happened. Um, I went for a walk outside. That's not the weird thing. Um, But I came back and I was like, wow, I went for a walk and they released the title Spider-Man 3. Yeah. But upon investigation, I realized that Tom Holland, Jacob Batalon and Zendaya all posted different titles to the movie. So Tom Holland posted a picture that said it was Spider-Man phone home. Jacob Batalon posted a photo that said Spider-Man home wrecker, and Zendaya posted Spider-Man home slice. They definitely went down as they posted. Yeah, I agree.
0: I agree. The first one seemed plausible and then they got less and less plausible with every reveal. I I feel
1: right. And once home wrecker came up, I was like, eh. <laughs> like, there's other options there for sure Yeah, but yeah Home Slice, I was like, okay This just sounds like uh, something my dad would say to me In high school, like, what's yeah. up, Home Slice? Yeah <laughs> um, Shout out, Dad um, But later on in the day, they actually uh, They posted a video and, and revealed that The title of Spider-Man 3 will be Spider-Man No Way Home Eric, as our resident Spider-Man expert, your thoughts
0: Um Yeah, it's It's f- Fine, I think is my thought. I, I don't really I'm I haven't been blown away by the last two Spider Man titles either. They've all just been kind of fine. I don't know why they pigeonhole themselves into this home thing What the I was fuck gonna does ask the same happen? thing like why? Why? Who pitched but. that
1: idea like hey, okay. Like I, to me, okay, so to me titles and and uh, titles are so important and I feel like it's like a, a moment. I I'm, I'm a musician, Eric's a musician. I feel like when you're releasing music or you're putting out an album or you're naming a movie or a book, like, the title is so important. Who was like, hey, executives at Film Studio, let's make a trilogy where we have to have home in every – like, why? It
0: doesn't make any sense. There's, like, no real connection – I mean, Spider Man's from New York, but so is literally every single Marvel superhero. So, like, there's right. no big connection with Spider Man and home necessarily. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't get it. But that said, like, I'm not. It sounds like I'm upset by the title. I'm not. It's just, uh, it tells us nothing. So, <laughs> so. Uh,
1: I really I, thought it was gonna be Homeworlds, so Let me tell you,
0: I did too. But I, I think maybe they are um they didn't want to be so obvious about it i think that no what it's no way home no way home
1: no way home yep
0: i do think that's still gotta be a reference to the fact that they're gonna be jumping universes or whatever the fuck but uh
1: that's the first thing i thought of as well
0: um kate what what were your thoughts when you saw the title
1: came out spider-man no way home
2: i mean with the whole home theme i'm like it's fine i don't love it I don't hate it I can kind of see since like Spider-Man is the neighborhood Spider-Man that this concept of like neighborhood and home is kind of important to the character and the storyline so sure I can see why home is in each title I don't know it's here or there for me it's you know take it or leave it that's
0: uh I had not considered that justification that's uh that's super fair as far as the justification goes that he is the uh the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man
1: mm-hmm yeah, still the whole naming convention thing. I just, I don't know. It just yeah, seems
0: yeah, rude. yeah. It's it's kind of unnecessary. It seems to but... me
1: like an idea where you'd, you'd pitch it, and you'd be like, "Yeah, okay, we'll do that." And then the next movie comes around, and they're like, "You know what? Let's just not." Yeah,
2: I right. Pigeonhole themselves. Yeah, yeah.
1: And so I don't know, but you know what? I'm I'm not mad about it. I, I'm I'm looking forward to the movie. Yeah, um and, sure. and you know, you, you know, despite what we talked about last week, it says only in theaters oh this December. We'll so. see. Um, you know, yeah. the one interesting thing about this. Okay. So there's two there's two things I thought of. One, how important is it for the release schedule to continue in the order it was originally supposed to go in, right? Between like we we were supposed to have Black Widow, then Shang-Chi, then the Eternals, then Spider-Man. And so I'm wondering if it's any importance to keep that order. But then two, this is a Sony movie technically, even though it's within the MCU. So I'm I'm wondering If Sony's like, listen, fuck it, we're releasing this no matter what, unlike Marvel, where they're like, well, we don't want to release in studios because we're not going to make a billion dollars right now. So I think at the very least, this won't get delayed. Um, At least that's my initial thoughts.
0: Oh, that's a big call. I would not take that bet, to be honest. (laughs) I think there's a, I mean, there, I think there's still at least 50 50. It gets delayed at least. Oh, yeah.
1: No, I mean, I I wouldn't <laughs> want to make that bet either for sure. <laughs> with,
0: with the, with yeah, the way things are going, I wouldn't want to. Yeah. Bet. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. I mean, oh, my gosh. I was making a joke that I think last April, I was like, yeah, we'll be we'll be back to normal by July
2: <laughs>
1: at one point. And I thought I was
0: being conservative, but we'll yeah, see. Insane.
1: All right. Right. Um, Moving on to more Marvel releases. Um, We got an official release date for Loki. Uh, It'll premiere on Disney plus on June 11th, which will now give us a six week break between the end of the Falcon and the winter soldier and Loki being released. Oh, oh. Um, so a little bit of a time gap there. Technically black widow is supposed to be released in between that time gap on May 7th. But I think, uh, I I would assume everyone on the podcast doesn't expect that to happen.
2: (laughs) Yeah, we'll we'll see. Are they still planning on just releasing partially to theaters and then on Disney Plus? Or were they planning on all in theaters? For
1: There has never been any Marvel Studios plans to release movies on Disney Plus yet, officially. Um, They seem pretty stone set, whatever you want to call it, on theaters only or whatever reason um but if, i mean i there's no way in hell this is coming out uh in may there's it's just not going to happen no one's yeah. in de- theaters aren't open in half the country it's if not it, gonna happen I,
0: I think if it does i think it's possible if they um go backwards on their you know obsession with yeah. theaters they might just say you know what fuck it we gotta release this movie uh disney plus congrats But pay us $40 or whatever shenanigans they're going to try to pull. (laughs) But (laughs) right. I mean, they're doing that
1: with they've done that with a Pixar film. They've done that with uh, Mulan. I think they're doing it with another animated film that's coming up soon. So it's not that Disney is against that. Um, But, yeah, I I agree. I think the only way we're seeing Black Widow in May is if it comes out on Disney Plus. Yeah. All right. (laughs) You know what? (laughs) There's a lot of news this week that was related to our, our conversations last week. Tom Holland said this week, quote, if they want me to make 10 Spider-Man movies, <laughs> you better believe I will be there. <laughs> so there we go. We were talking about that last week in the news. Yeah. Do we think you'd continue? I think we both said, yeah, I mean, why wouldn't you? Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's just silly to not.
0: Although uh, there, well, I guess you may be getting to this, but in addition to that, a similar but almost opposite piece of news came out that says that he is not contracted to any more movies after this one. This is his last under-contract movie. And uh, he said something along the lines of, like, he's going to take a little, like, break and, like, vacation while he's not under contract. Now, I'm not saying I 100% believe him, but that is is what he said. He is not under contract.
1: He's like, listen, I'm going to go on vacation, and I want you to pay me for it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. so let's sign up on another contract give me some of that cheddar <laughs> yeah, yeah probably. i mean i feel like they're like if this moves if this movie's successful I, I don't see why they would feel the need to course correct or do anything to change what's going on it's working he still yeah. looks like he's 16
0: yeah.
1: um you know i keep seeing advertisements for that what is it cherry the yeah movie, uh directed by the russo brothers yeah and
0: i just can't take him seriously yet
1: as, as an older person he oh, looks so young
0: he does um, look young but I think uh, well uh, not to derail us but like are you int- I'm super interested in that movie
1: I, I honestly haven't seen any trailers since I have my trailer rule um I've seen pictures uh, yeah, but yeah. I'll totally watch that movie and and I'm sure he'll change my mind he's a good actor yeah um I just I see him and this is so much baby face that I I can't <laughs> picture someone that has gone to war and come
0: back. Um, uh like he doesn't have a thousand yard stare or anything. Yeah. He's to
2: grow some facial hair, I think, at that <laughs> Yeah, going true. On. I don't
0: know if he can. He doesn't strike <laughs> me as the kind of uh face that can uh, that can have a burly beard <laughs> or any kind yeah, of beard. No,
1: oh, for sure. He's got Tom McGraw disease, what it is. <laughs> um All right. Uh, a little Wandavision note here: the oh. Wandavision finale episode will be the longest episode of the series yet, clocking in at fifty minutes. Ooh, is that um, so official
0: to... or is that a leak?
1: This is a leak. Okay, that I've read seems um, reasonable yeah. though. Instead, so that, that really just kind of puts it like like five minutes or so longer than the last one that we watched. Yeah, um, which without going to getting into it, felt like the longest or sorry, the shortest forty six minutes of my life. Yeah. Um just blew right by, and so. Um, Another another similarly-length episode, so it's it's good that we'll, we'll have a longer episode because I don't know how they're going to wrap all this up in, in 50 minutes. Yeah. All right, last up from me, Kevin Feige, our lord and savior, um, was asked about rated-R films, to which he said, quote, other than Deadpool, which we already established itself as a certain genre and a certain rating that we already said we would not mess with when we started working on Deadpool, which we have... Other than that, we haven't encountered a story or a storyline or a character's journey that a PG-13 or the tone or the ratings we've been using up to this point has prevented us from using. So it seems like Disney was either like, hey, we'll give you Deadpool, but you're doing PG-13 from now on. Um, the one downside to this that I thought of, Eric, yep. is that we're getting PG-13 Blade. Blade.
0: Yep, yep, That's, uh, that, that sucks. That does suck um but also i do wonder if i mean i can't imagine an mcu deadpool movie is going to be anything other than the greatest movie of all time um so if that is true maybe that will make disney soften their stance and uh because i almost feel like if you're gonna do it for one at that point it's like Come on. Like, give, us, right. give us another one.
1: Like, I mean, Deadpool, highest grossing rated R film of all time. Right. Only to be ousted by Deadpool 2.
0: Which so, I'm so yeah. sure will happen again with Deadpool 3. Imagine Deadpool with literally any other Marvel characters in it. Like, it's going to be, if they do it right, and I have total faith that uh that they will, it's going to be amazing. I'm super stoked for that one. The
1: only like, I guess, you know, just from a Disney executive perspective. OK, so Deadpool 2 made almost eight hundred million dollars at the box office, which is insane that for is a rated insane. R movie. Um, I feel like, you know, you take the fucks out of it. It would be a little less funny in some parts, but it would have easily made over a billion dollars.
2: I was thinking they can still replicate and do another R-rated movie, but not on the same scale as like a Deadpool R-rated movie.
1: Yeah, I mean Deadpool. Deadpool goes all the way, right? Yeah. You know it. You know, and it and it owns it. And I love that. I don't want it to be, mm-hmm. be PG thirteen, but I can see an executive going like, "We probably could have doubled that if you get a bunch of kids in there."
0: Yeah, maybe, but. I don't know. I feel like I feel like there's a certain type of writing that can only happen when you're completely unrestricted. And I don't think that it would translate. As as well to PG-13, and on top of that, I think there would be enough blowback that any kind of teenage gains they would get would be offset by half the people who saw the rated R version. Because they're gonna be like, "Fuck this! I don't want to see this at all."
1: Yeah, I think I completely agree with you, Eric. It just like it wouldn't be as good. It just wouldn't yeah. be, and it would be a different thing. You know, like people like that because it is—it's balls to the wall, and it's—it's—it's it's, it's no bullshit, right? It's completely <laughs> gruesome in a way that a PG thirteen movie couldn't be, and it says things and does things that a PG thirteen movie couldn't at all. Um, and at that point, it really just becomes—it's uh, it, not Deadpool to me, at least. Yeah. Uh, when when you do that, so
2: yeah. So I probably have a totally different opinion on that. Um, So I was a teacher when I don't know if it was Deadpool the first or the second one came out, and I taught middle school students. And some of my students came in and told me that they watched that movie, and I was like shocked and horrified. I was like, Oh my god, they are talking about like the dirtiest shit in that movie ever. Like yeah, twelve. Huh? I don't think so, I would have understood
1: half the jokes at, at age twelve if I saw yeah. Deadpool.
2: You know, the internet these days, these kids are just so True. savvy with that. So, like, I, I would say, be totally fine with a not so like dirty, swear filled one. Cause, like, then the kids can watch it. Yeah. Even if it's still rated R, but like, tone it down a little bit. And I'd be, I'd be cool with that.
1: I feel like at that point, it's like, go see any of the other Avengers movies <laughs> and boom, you got it. Right. I think, I think the crazy thing for me going to watch Deadpool. Yeah, which is, Kate, okay, it's funny that you mentioned that. Both times I saw Deadpool, there were kids younger than 10 in the theater with me, like, with their parents, and I was like, what the fuck? Like, oh my God. this is, like, going to traumatize some kids or something because, you know, it's pretty gruesome or whatever. Like, I, I'm not, like a, like, a huge stickler and stuff like that. Obviously, I don't have kids or anything, so I don't really give a fuck, but it was just, like, shocking how many little kids were in there and, like, kind of just, like, playing around and talking, and I'm like, dude's getting, like arms and legs chopped off we're talking about like dicks and shit and it's just like (laughs) there they are it's just weird
0: yeah i do i do feel like so i am the kind of person who believes that 100 1 million percent of the responsibility there is on the kids parents and i feel like it's like entertainment can exist for adults too like i so like i want like the one thing i i definitely see the perspective of like if you make it cleaner, then it's like way less of a risk, but it's like, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like different stuff should exist. I feel like it's the one thing in a sea of just samey PG 13 superhero movies that it's just like, you don't see that very much now in 2021, if ever. And I feel like that is uh, just in terms of like uh, art it's like, <laughs> I feel like that should exist.
1: <laughs> it's not like Deadpool is the only superhero movie that kids are able to see. They can see 20 of them, you know. Totally, totally, uh, totally. You know, super easy. Totally. But we'll see. Uh, I'm, I'm glad that, uh, that Marvel and Disney are still making a rated R Deadpool 3. However, Kevin Feige pulled that off, leaking it, whatever yeah. he did. Yeah, um, that I'm is I'm thankful insane. for it. I can definitely see a PG-13 Blade movie, even though, you know... Uh, <laughs> I would love just hearing him say motherfucker a few times, but, uh, you know, some
0: motherfuckers are always trying to ice skate uphill. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Just amazing.
1: Amazing. Amazing. All right, Eric, you have any news for us this week? That's all I had. I didn't have any funny, uh, Cara Dune stories.
0: (laughs) Yeah. One, just one, uh, quick thing just that uh the the first of the onslaught of new star wars series is going to be premiering on disney plus on star wars day it's uh the animated star wars the bad batch series is kind of a spin-off of uh the animated clone wars series and the bad batch is about uh it's like a bad batch of clones in in the clone army um can I had to say I, I hate that title so much. Uh, yeah, it's not my favorite. A bad batch. And I'm probably not gonna watch this one, to be honest. Just because okay, it's not. If, if Eric's not watching the new Star Wars series, they done
1: fucked up a little bit, well, right? Well,
0: just cause I don't give a fuck about clone. Like, I'm definitely The Mandalorian won me over because, like, it's amazing, right? But in general, like, I am a lightsaber guy. Like, I like Star Wars primarily because of the Jedi and the Sith. And I, I know there's a huge contingent of people out there who, like, don't like that. Like, it's so much more than that. And I get it. It is. You're right. You're not wrong. But I do not necessarily want to watch a series about five clones that weren't as evil as the rest of them because they got cloned weird. Like, I, I don't know. I will
1: say... I will say I finished Mandalorian last week because I'm a degenerate who can't watch things quickly, apparently, <laughs> um, if they're not James Bond or Marvel. Um, and I love the line. And I think it was the series or the season finale of season two. I think Bo-Katan says to um, to Boba Fett, she's like, I've heard that voice like a hundred times before or something like that. Yeah. just calling him a clone. Yeah. I loved that. I was like, oh, shit, yeah. that was cool. But yeah, I'm with you. I want to see the I want to see the Jedi and the Sith. Clone stuff. Uh, yeah. Yeah.
0: And like, look, here's, I'm sure, I'm so sure it's gonna come out and be like revolutionary television and then I'll batch watch it at some point because I'll feel guilted into it. But like... <laughs> You'll batch watch it? Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, uh, I wish I could say that was intentional. So I will.
1: <laughs> there you go. Batch watch the Bad Batch. Yes. It just sounds like someone mistakenly saying "bad bitch," true. Like the bad bit batch, <laughs> true. Like a twelve-year-old who can't swear in front of their parents.
0: <laughs> um, this is before before we move on. I this is not news, but it, it's news to me. I did not know this existed. Uh, also on Disney Plus, have you guys seen the series Zenimation? What? Zen No, animation. but I think
2: I've seen it. It's I've incredible.
0: Seen, like, it's like... It's like these... Uh, f- like, five to ten minute long episodes just of, like, ambient sounds set to classic Disney animation. And it's like... So, the, for instance, like, the first one is water. So it's, like, six or seven minutes. It's, like, ambient sounds and, like, water sounds. But it's set... To like obviously this beautiful classic Disney animation. So like it's so hard to describe, but it is awesome. I just wanted to maybe I should have waited uh to throw this out during recommendations, but uh but I have it in my notes portion for some reason. Dude, what the hell it's super cool and I did not know about it, so I wanted to let everybody know. Zenimation on Disney Plus is like awesome if you're just looking for just something to throw on and just and just chill great
1: if there if the if there's a whole episode on water and the uh underwater scene from bed knobs and broomsticks doesn't show up then i'm i'm just gonna protest the whole series
0: oh interesting i did not watch the whole thing so i'm not so i'm not sure but i like fast forwarded or not fast forwarded but you know skip to see what they all were but yeah su- yeah i super haven't even awesome. heard of that N- i hadn't either and it's sweet so yeah everybody check that out super cool
1: Alrighty, folks, are we ready to talk, WandaVision? Oh, baby,
2: ready, ready.
1: All right, so I'm kind of thinking maybe we we take this one in chronological order. Yeah, that works for me. We tend to bounce around. I kind of sectioned this off into, I think, four or five sections as we go on, and I think I think let's let's try to do that this time because I think it's important, and I think this episode, uh, just in the way it's edited, we're not bouncing back and forth between. Kind of a story, B story. It kind of is very chronological in how the whole thing plays out for the most part, and so I think that might work. Um,
0: as we so go, as we go through the episode, I want to say this up front so everybody can like think about it as we're going through the episode. I, to me, this should have been the first episode of this series. So what? let's so let's continue what? on and tell You're me I'm wrong. That.
2: Yeah,
0: I'm gonna sit on that for a little bit. Yeah. This we'll for sure should have been the first episode of the series.
1: And and while you're thinking about that, everyone, just remember that Eric's wrong often,
0: <laughs> so it's okay. No, I'm not wrong about this.
1: All right, so episode eight of nine, in which Eric thinks should have been the beginning. So this episode is called "Previously On," and I was very excited to see the Marvel Studios logo logo turn purple. Uh, which is Agatha Harkness's color. Um, and it opens up in Salem, Massachusetts, 1693, which is crazy. So we got Salem witch trials type stuff. We see a de-aged Catherine Hahn, which let me she say. She
0: was, okay. I was wondering if she was de-aged. She looked amazing. Yeah.
1: yeah. I can't, okay, like for those who saw Tron Legacy when it came out and that just looked like a a big heap of trash in hindsight. Right. Um, I must applaud all the CGI people. The de-aging has gotten so good.
0: It is crazy, man.
1: It's really (laughs) crazy how good they're, they're able, they're able to get it these days. Yeah. Um, so we see a young, what, 300 some years younger (laughs) Catherine. (laughs) Yeah. Skin looks phenomenal. Um, even to this day. And, We kind of, I guess I assumed that maybe it would be villagers coming to, you know, Salem Witch Trial her in some way. But we find out it's actually her coven of witches uh, led by her mother. And they kind of magically tie her to some stake. And uh, we we basically learn that she betrayed her coven by practicing dark magic. And so that they're going to kill her. Um what what were your guys' thoughts maybe just this on this initial setting, seeing all this go on, you know, seeing all these witches here, uh, prior to kind of the, the climax of the scene, what did, what did you guys think of this whole setup?
2: I mean, I thought first was, oh, it's gotta be like villagers who are, you know, gonna raise some pitchforks and burn her at the stake. And then you catch a glimpse of like her hands tied behind the stake and they're like magically bound. You're like, Oh shit. Like something else is going on. They're playing with our, um, what we would normally expect so i like that they kind of switched it up on you and you know just presented it in a different way
0: yeah same i was uh this so i guess i should also say up front this is by far my favorite episode of the series so far like and it's not even close and so immediate and it started with this very first scene i was immediately hyped i was like oh shit uh Clearly, this is not your standard Salem witch trial. Um, right. Yeah. Then as things uh, start progressing, as you no doubt are uh, going to get into all the other witches start shooting blue magic at her. And then. Yeah, just absolutely crazy. And <laughs> yeah. and,
1: and Catherine Hahn, you know, Agatha Harkness, I'll just keep going in between them because I can't remember which one I want to use. Um, she's kind of playing it like she's weak at first. And the the witches start shooting their magic at her. But you can tell at a certain point that she just like starts absorbing it. Yeah. Um, so whatever dark magic she's using, she's way higher skill level than they are. And she absorbs their magic and she ends up killing all these other witches. And it looks like she literally sucks the life out of them. Very similar to the Yo Mag Yo Magic commercial we saw a couple weeks ago. Yeah. So he yep. he couldn't eat. and He kind of shriveled, you know, to his bones, and all these witches basically dropped dead. Um, and that's when Agatha's mom, which makes his whole scene oh, even we more should, fucked. Right? I,
0: I guess everybody listening to this would have seen, but it is clearly very important that uh, their magic was blue, and Agatha's magic is still. Uh, like the purple of her magic was like eating the blue of their magic. Right. So it's I'm starting to think maybe there's tears to this shit that for some reason are color based, as we might learn right. later.
1: <laughs> well, I hate to have like brown colored magic, you know.
0: Yeah,
2: well. it's
1: like oh jeez, like <laughs> looks like I'm pooping, <laughs> shooting with my poop, my poop hands. Oh, um, oh. and. You know, Agatha Harkness tries to reason with her mom. She's like, I just need you to, like, you know, help me harness this power, blah, blah, blah. And she basically was like, nah, like, you're way too powerful. And she tries killing her as well. She floats up in the air, starts shooting her blue magic at her, kind of right at her chest. And when she's doing it, she has, like, this glowy blue crown kind of thing going on, which is all kinds of crazy, which made me... Immediately, I was like, maybe at some point, Wanda's going to use her red magic, and she'll have her little little thingy magoober because i love that you guys know i love that yeah um and so basically like she absorbs her mom's magic and sucks all the life out of her and kills her too and then picks up her little i don't know like a little brooch thing and was like all right i'm keeping this because it's got style and then boom that was salem massachusetts
0: yeah crazy first scene. super into it yeah
1: just it really set the tone for the whole thing because i don't know uh I think Eric, you've had some comments in the past about you know like magic has been kind of explained as science previous in the MCU. It seemed yeah. like they were kind of scared to deal with magic. I feel like this has made magic pretty badass, and it, it you know you don't have to over explain it. I, I just thought that they handled it really well. It was a super cool scene.
0: Yeah, so. and and in fact, I think uh, later on in the episode. Let me just say, I I am now thoroughly satisfied with the explanation that they've given in terms of Infinity Stone magic versus fucking magic versus Thor magic. It's it makes sense in my brain now. Uh, so we will, yeah, we will I mean, get
2: there.
1: It, literally the first watch through I watched this twice. Um, the first watch through of this, I was like, Eric's going to be so happy. I think <laughs> yeah, like
0: this episode some, answered so many questions for me.
1: <laughs> I think Kevin Feige was listening, uh, our Lord and Savior. And he was like, you know what? We need to go reshoot this episode again. Cause Eric has some real questions and we're going to give him some real answers. So.
0: <laughs> Love
1: it. All right. We are back in present time. We are in Agatha Harkness's creepy ass basement. Yes. Right. Um And Wanda basically goes to use her powers against her, and she can't at all. And that's explained that there's a a basic protection spell by Agatha, and she has them on all the walls. She has these runes on all the walls, and basically if you are the witch that has runes with these protection spells, once you're within those walls, no other witch can do anything against you. Um, And it seems like Agatha is very confused that Wanda doesn't understand the rules of magic.
0: Yeah. She makes a comment, something along the lines of like, this is basic stuff. Like, how do you, how do you not know this?
1: (laughs) Exactly. And you could tell, you know, I mean, she's been alive for a long time. She's been doing magic for a long time. Um, And uh, you start getting, you start getting the gist that Agatha was attracted to Wanda's magic. And, and, is then confused because she's using all this magic, but she doesn't understand it. Right. Um, we get some explanations for kind of what was going on. We get fake Pietro or Fiatro, <laughs> uh, which going back to our intro by Eric there. Um So unfortunately no ties to the multiverse there. Um, basically she says, I couldn't use your original brother's body because it was in Europe and full of holes. So, uh, I think that was just a clever little uh, handout to the fans. Though I know some people will be disappointed that it's not a multiverse-related thing.
2: Oh. I am one of those people. Oh, just slightly disappointed. Yeah,
0: I think it's one billion percent still a multiverse thing. Ooh, I think we're do. yeah, I think we're gonna Should find they? out next episode. I think there's a reason that we did not see him for even one second this episode. Uh, I'm assuming he's gonna get quite a bit of time next episode.
1: Yeah, it is really interesting because we had that after credit scene, right? That was very, very short. Just snoopers gonna snoop. Yeah, and then boom, no, no Pietro in this episode yeah, whatsoever, and
0: and no Monica Rambo whatsoever either. So whatever they're both doing together, uh, or you know, he's stashing her in a prison cell somewhere or whatever. But yeah,
2: yeah, I was waiting for Monica to like charge in at the end. Yeah, but we can get to that.
0: Yeah, you know, it, it, I didn't even realize
1: it after I watched it the first time. I was like, where's she at?
2: Mm-hmm. You
1: know, we don't see her at all. So mm-hmm. um, so Agatha has a quote. She says, when I sensed this place, the afterglow of so many spells cast all at once, I couldn't make heads or tails of it. And so that seems to explain how she got there. You know, this whole thing happened with Wanda and Westview became the Westview that we've been watching for several episodes. And so she's like, whoa, all this crazy magic's going on. I better see what's up with it because it was beyond anything she had seen previously. And so that kind of goes into some of the stuff that we were mentioning earlier with her not understanding why Wanda doesn't know what a basic protection spell is.
0: Yeah. And, uh, you get the, I guess, again, this is kind of obvious, but you really get the sense that like Agatha Harkness is, is, not like she's so far above what a normal witch would be and so the fact that she's like i don't i can't even comprehend this is meant to be like what the fuck like then how um i do want to mention one one line that happened around this time uh wanda says something and and which what i think is an an awesome touch by either the director or elizabeth olsen uh wanda slips into the sokovian accent whenever she's like really upset oh yeah i yep. literally laughed so hard when uh her name's katherine han yep she goes wow that accent really comes and goes doesn't it
2: <laughs> i was <laughs> so happy they addressed that Dude, I,
0: it made me laugh so fucking hard she even like <laughs> the like uh, openly on, mocks
1: her too, because she's like, "Where are my yeah, children?" She's yeah. like, "Where
0: are my children?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's so funny. Yeah, there was a and lot I just of.
2: love... Oh, sorry. No, go no. Ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I just love Catherine Hans like her little quips and all the like little nicknames that she uses for uh, Wanda, little toots, you know, and Buttercup. What's up, Buttercup? <laughs> I just like love uh, kind of their chemistry already. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's I think that she is um I mean all the acting in these last few episodes has been fucking phenomenal by literally everyone yeah. and particularly Elizabeth Olsen and Catherine Hahn both. And I feel like Catherine Hahn now that uh that character is like out in the open and she's allowed to be whatever a 300-year-old just super sassy like and 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 uh you know just like so in control and just i don't know i just love the vibe i fucking love the agatha harkness vibe yeah no i it's
1: been it's been phenomenal i've i've from the beginning i've, I've really liked elizabeth olsen i like she's got depth she's able to do a million things it's Unreal. crazy um but now that the chains are off on on katherine hans character like this episode was her shining i i couldn't imagine anything different Um, I thought it was phenomenal.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: All right. So at this point, we're going to jump around basically through Wanda's life. And I I sectioned all these off and we basically go through and Agatha is trying to pinpoint how Wanda created the hex. And so she walks through kind of the trauma and all these events in Wanda's life that led her to where she is now. And so she does some magic and a door appears in her fancy basement. We basically traveled to Sokovia in the year 2000. Um, and we are in the Maximovs' apartment in Sokovia, which apparently is in the middle of an active war zone. Um, but the uh, her parents are trying to create the most normal life for their kids, her and her brother Pietro. Um, and basically they are watching sitcoms. And so her dad has this, this briefcase full of sitcom DVDs um, all across, you know, the, all across the decades. And so that really shows, you know, that, that they've been watching TV shows for a long time from America. They've been using them to improve their English. Um, and it's Wanda's pick this night. And so she chooses the Dick Van Dyke show, which is like the first episode of this series was basically the Dick Van Dyke show. Um, and so it really kind of starts laying that groundwork for like, why, why was Westview a TV show? You know, she just, she grew up idolizing these shows. And I uh, feel
0: like we did make that prediction early in this podcast too, that that was why <laughs> she was just a yeah no yeah sitcoms, uh, as a child 100%. in Sokovia. Yeah.
1: I really like this too, because the whole concept of the show is fucking bizarre, right? You know, like a hexagon where everything's a TV show. But I, I thought that this episode, as we go through it piece by piece, it, it makes a lot more sense, despite the fact that it's still bizarre. Um, and so the family is, is all together, her parents, her and Pietro, and they're watching the Dick Van Dyke show and, and enjoying that. When a bomb goes off out of nowhere, it actually made me jump a little bit because basically the entire apartment explodes um, and it's very sudden, right?
0: interesting so in my notes i actually have the explosion was not loud or scary enough at all it should have made me jump but it didn't i was just like that was it like it didn't seem very impactful to me
2: i was kind of expecting more
0: yeah interesting i guess yeah oh i
2: i just remember so when I think in Age of Ultron, when Wanda's sharing the story of her and Pietro stuck and trapped, like, staring at death, wondering if if this Stark bomb is going to kill them, she just, like, described it like they were physically, like, trapped under rubble or something with this bomb right there. That's, like, how I remember it. And then, I don't know, they're just, like, hanging out kind of, I mean, this is totally... I'm sure it would be more horrific than this. But the way they presented it was they're just, like, chilling under the bed... And then there's just rubble all around saying they were trapped.
1: So I guess I guess I never thought about it in like the way that they were physically trapped. When she said that, I always just kind of assumed that like you're staring at a bomb in front of you and you don't want to move because you're wondering if you move, will it go off? And so like they just didn't move. I guess that's how I don't know. That's how I always thought about it as more of like a psychological trap. Well, and there's also, because, you know,
0: <laughs> as as a as yet a different take, I took it as like. Because there's soldiers all around. I mean, they're being invaded, yeah. so they're uh, like they're trapped in the sense that if they left the the bed, there, just the soldiers would be like, uh, "You're coming with us, kids." Sorry.
1: Well, at one point, uh, you know, there, there's a conversation between Pietro and Wanda. They're sitting under this table. There's a there's a, a Stark bomb that is undetonated. Which, by the way, it has the same light. It has the same noise that the Toastmate 2000 has. Mm-hmm. This is in oh, the year 2000. Wow. So, um, you know, all these the connective tissues there. But um, Pietro says something about the soldiers outside. He's like, maybe they're here to help. Uh, or she says, I can't remember who says what. But one of them says, maybe they're here to help. And the other one says, well, maybe they're the ones that are dropping the bombs, you know. And so, you know, you're two little kids under the age of 10 or so uh, stuck in like this war-torn country. There's soldiers, there's planes dropping bombs. There's a bomb that's undetonated in front of you. It's just kind of crazy. Um, But then the thing that really got me, the last part of this, is it appears that Wanda uses her powers to stop the bomb from detonating rather than it just being a dud. Like, that has always been the story, which I think is the really revealing part of this whole scene is that it immediately made me go, wait, Wait, she has her powers like I thought her powers came from the Mind Stone, you know, and so that was the first really big sign to me that maybe something else was coming in this episode.
0: Yeah, I. um, That was when I immediately started getting excited because I was like, oh, my God, there's a chance this might make sense. And uh, and yeah, let's uh, let's move on because yeah, very quickly it be it starts to. I feel
2: <laughs>
1: right, yeah, right, right after this, we we are still in Sokovia, uh, but this is several years later, and we are basically in the Hydra facility where, where they have the scepter and they're doing experiments with volunteers. Um, I wish I had the line written here, but uh, Catherine Han has a killer line where she's like, "So your response to." uh soldiers invading your country uh blowing it up and murdering your parents is to join an anti-freedom terrorist cult
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and it was this a great line where she goes you know we wanted to change the world you can just tell that there was really no other options for wanda and pietro probably at this point um i wrote down wanda looks absolutely terrible she looks like she's wearing, like, rags. Her hair looks... She looks like the girl from The Ring or something. Yeah, She just, yes. just <laughs> yeah. looks really, really bad.
0: That's dead on. She does look like the girl from The Ring.
1: I'm quite certain, like, <laughs> literally when I was watching, I was like, ugh, her hair looks awful.
0: <laughs>
1: she's, you know, the one thing about this show, I will say, like, Elizabeth Olsen, stunning, beautiful, beautiful actress, right? It's crazy how many different looks she has in this show, from good to bad to all these different decades. And, you know, she, she nails every single one, you know, props to the costume, the makeup and her, you know, as an actress, it's crazy. Um, so I'll lay out the scene and then we can talk about it. The scientists, the Hydra scientists basically mentioned that they've been having, uh, experiment subjects try to touch the mind stone, the scepter at this point, you know, we don't even see the mind stone. And every time they do, they die. And so they send Wanda in and she walks into the room and the scepter, the orb on the scepter starts floating and it just starts floating towards her on her on its own. So I'm not sure if if she's controlling it or the Mind Stone is attracted to her, but basically it floats towards her. The casing around it explodes and we see the Mind Stone for the first time. And all this bright light fills up the room. She's struggling to look at it, struggling to look at it. And then this is my favorite part. Yeah, I knew oh my it would God. be. Oh my God, <laughs> I... Was so happy. I rewinded this a million times. She looks up into the light and she sees herself in like the most classic, legit-looking Scarlet Witch outfit with with the headpiece yep. and everything. And she's like holding out her hands, and it just looks fucking unbelievable. And then the scene ends, and she falls to the ground unconscious. So
2: you took that as it was. She's was seeing herself. A hundred percent. Oh, I I took a different like approach. I thought it was this entity, this body of whoever like uh, I didn't know at the time it was the Scarlet Witch, but whatever this just entity entity is, like from the past that was coming to her and like bestowing these powers on her.
0: I think both things could be true and might be.
2: One and the same, <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, like
0: I think oh. it's it's I think that is Wanda from a different time period. Um, oh shit. Ooh, yeah, yeah, I like for, that a lot. For sure. I like that. Um, or, or, uh, you know what? Let me take that back. No, it's not. It's obviously Wanda from a different reality. Duh! I'm calling that right now. It's for sure Wanda from a different reality.
1: So I'm putting all my money on Wanda from the future. Okay. Um, because mostly because if you take the screenshot of that and you mess with the colors and you look at what she's wearing, yep. if you make it a little bit more visible. It completely matches the poster from WandaVision where like her and her and uh, Vision are standing behind TVs and they have like partial parts of their outfits yep, on. Yep. Um. It, it perfectly matches her outfit on that poster. So I think a hundred percent we're seeing her in that outfit in the next episode. Yeah,
0: that's a guarantee. You can take that so. to the bank. <laughs> that is but a guarantee. when I
1: saw when I saw the head dress piece on her. I I like squealed like a little schoolgirl. <laughs> it was it was amazing and just I don't know the whole scene. Okay, whether whether you like the outfit or not, it was just like holy shit, like power. Yeah, like this is fucking crazy. And so I got super hyped at that point.
0: Yeah. So the the one thing that I do I really want to drive home because this really jumped out at me. It was the way. I think the way that they um, like Wanda walks into the room and they tell her to state, describe her status or something. And the way you learn, she just says volunteer. And to me, I was like, what? Like, cause in age of Ultron, you get the sense that they are prisoners and being experimented on by Hydra. Like I, I never got the sense they were volunteers personally. Maybe I just missed something. But yeah,
1: you missed you missed a line for sure. In Age of Um, Ultron,
0: it was like known that they were there voluntarily.
1: Yeah, there's they mention it once, and then there's a conversation between Maria Hill and and Captain America, Steve Rogers, where he's like, "Yeah, who would volunteer on human experiments? uh, You know, to to support their own country or something like that." It's a much better line than what I just Ah. said, but they do say they do they do mention that they're volunteers, but it's not like a super like in your face moment you could miss it. yeah
0: dang i honestly i'm glad i forgot that part because that moment was so sick to me i was like oh shit i never would have imagined that uh this character that is like so now one of the most complex character arcs in the mcu easily and i feel like like this person was a terrorist and then and then the entire country of the usa like thought she was a terrorist when she was not a terrorist, which caused the whole bonding of her and vision. It's just such a insane storyline for this character so far. And I'm so sure it's going to get even more insane next episode. That's like, okay,
1: just like just taking a step back Wanda vision, whether it's been a really good experience, whether it has been a divisive one, like, I love how much it's been able to expand on like the backstory of a character that we honestly haven't had that much time with. She doesn't have her own movie or anything like that. Um, I feel like, you know, I think the whole series is probably about four hours long, something like that. So maybe two movies worth, but just the way in which, you know, it's been serialized. It's been so nice and so refreshing to get that much of a character arc and, and all this, you know, all this background stuff that you would have probably never gotten in the movies. And I just, I love that part of it because now like Wanda to me has so much depth to her and vision too. And on all these other characters, it's just, I'm really looking forward to more of that as we get all these other series going on, because if they even handle it half as good as this, like you're still getting a lot out of it. I feel like.
2: And I feel like in the movies, all these characters to me, they're just like superhero characters. They don't exist in any other world other than when they're doing their superheroing, And like through this show so far, we see their people. I mean, Wanda, you know, she says, oh, then I came to America and we're with the Avengers and I was in a whole new country and I was totally alone. I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. Like that's terrifying. She's like really young and totally just alone in a whole new country. And so it's like those kind of things that make them feel more just real and human and not so superhero-y. I guess, even
1: yeah. later on in the episode and we'll, we don't we probably won't even talk about it but like she drives a car. I'm like, holy yeah. shit, she's just driving a car. <laughs> yeah. Like it's just like weird, you know.
2: Normal stuff.
1: Yeah. yeah. And 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 that's what like made Marvel successful to begin with. Yeah. That's like what their comics were about is let's make it about the people. These are people that just happen to have superpowers. They're not superpowered, you know, crazy superheroes that don't have a normal life and and I really like that aspect of it.
0: Yeah, I think that you use the word depth, Tom. I think that's definitely the right word. I I sh- struggle to think of a character that has any more depth than Wanda at this moment in the MCU. And nope. I mean, I, f- I feel like, I don't know about you guys, but she has skyrocketed up my favorite character charts. Uh, she's got to oh, be easily. top three easily. now for me at this point. Yeah,
1: like, oh, 100%.
0: 100%. Yeah, it just, yeah shout out to the uh character building and shout out to elizabeth olsen for do you guys think that she's gonna cap any awards from this show i feel like she should
1: she she should be nominated no doubt about it yeah yeah i think the only thing working against her is the subject matter
0: yeah you know you're right you're right they they hate giving awards to superhero shows for sure but
1: unless unless you're dead yeah then they're all about it yeah
0: That might be changing though. I feel like the boys got a couple, uh, a couple uh, awards. So I think I don't know.
1: Black Panther got nominated for Best Picture though. I mean, you know, obviously there's some other stuff surrounding that that helped elevate it for sure. Um, not that it's you know credit where credits due. Um, but yeah, I, I hope that it gets some attention because it's it's been compelling storytelling, um, and I think the one thing it does have working towards it is. Um, Movie awards like movies about movies, TV awards like uh, TV shows about TV.
0: That's so true.
1: And so, you know,
0: <laughs> yeah. maybe that helps him out. Yeah, a bit. I think I bet you are 100% correct. That is so true.
1: All right, let's move on to our next scene. Um, so we are leaving behind Hydra and moving on to Avengers compound in upstate New York. This is what Kate was talking about. So um, basically, this is right after Age of Ultron. Pietro's dead. Um, she's super depressed about it. You know, her brother has passed away. Now she's lost her her parents and her brother, so her entire, uh, you know, family, actual family, is dead. And she mentions that this is the first home that Wanda and Vision shared together. And so she's in her room. She's watching Malcolm in the Middle. You know, continuing on this this sitcom streak that she she loves American sitcoms. And she's just she's basically just deep deep depression. She's so sad. She doesn't see a way out of it and Vision comes to comfort her in however he can. Um, there's some conversation back and forth. You can tell, you know, Wanda's, you know, she's very defensive. She even apologizes for it at one point because she can tell Vision's just trying to help. And he says a quote. Um, I'll, I'll just read part of it, and I, I thought it was literally amazing. Yeah. He says, well, because it can't all be sorrow, can it? I've always been alone, so I don't feel the lack. It's all I've ever known. I've never experienced loss because I've never had a loved one to lose, but what is grief if not love persevering? And holy shit, dude! Like that line, I've I've seen it online all yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. Everyone, it everyone's loving deservedly it. Deservedly, I fucking love up. it. I fucking love it. It did that line. Oh my god.
2: Gave it me just, all the feels.
1: Yeah, Vision has had several really, really good quotes um, throughout the MCU. Um, like something isn't beautiful because it lasts and he he says uh quotes in civil war about how their power breeds you know uh you know I can't even remember what he's talking about he's talking about how this the the presence of superheroes invites challenge and stuff like that but just the one line of what is grief if not love persevering and just oh it's great writing I thought
0: yeah I mean that line has no business in a superhero show at all um it's like it's i mean it's one of those like i'm not a big prose guy but i immediately was like whoa. like i immediately wrote it down i was like whoa and and cl- clearly the entire internet had the same thought um it's i feel like it's so rare for a single line from a television show to just be so beautiful that like the entire internet is like guys, ah, has everybody seen this <laughs> Oh,
1: yeah. No, 100 percent. It's it just it's one of those quotes, too, that you hear it and you're like, God damn, that's beautiful. Yeah, I like poetry type stuff. So I, I was really into it. I, I thought it was beautiful. And I was like, how is no one said that before? And yeah. then at the same time, like, how is it so true? Yeah, it's like Kate, it's you, impressive. <laughs> like, yeah, no, 100 percent. It's it's so to the point and so succinct too, which is the crazy part because a lot of times things end up being a little bit wordy. Yeah, Kate, I know you're you're an English, an English uh, connoisseur. You, you know, you, you taught all these things. What what were your thoughts on this quote and and kind of that whole conversation?
2: My first thought was, I mean, they're playing around with this um, very common theme of love. I mean, in so many books and movies and stories, there's always this storyline where, like, love conquers all. This idea that love can just accomplish anything. And if her grief is just the idea of love persevering, I mean, that's where her, like, crazy big guns comes from, right? I mean, it's this love that she still has for Vision and her family, and it's, like, making her powers blow up. So I think it totally
1: makes sense. I loved it. Yeah. it's just it, There's there's three lines now that Vision has that I, I would just like to say that I love in the, in the MCU, especially because he's just an android, right? He's not even a human being, which is crazy, um, though obviously there's this humanity to him. So there's the one that we just mentioned. He says, something isn't beautiful because it lasts. This is in his conversation with Ultron at the end of Age of Ultron. But then in Civil War, he also says, Our very strength invites challenge, challenge incites conflict, and conflict breeds catastrophe. Just really good writing overall. And uh, yeah, I've never seen so many people, Eric, I agree with you, just quoting this one line from um, a Marvel TV show of all things across the (laughs) Internet. Um, Any article, any Reddit or Twitter post about this week's episode, that was always at the top. Yeah, Um, I think that says something. So props to whoever came up with that one.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know if they have some kind of bonus structure or something, but oh my! Who gets God. the most
1: retweeted line?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, seriously, and Kate. I think
1: your your analysis of that is spot on, like spot on in all, in all ways. Um, and so that yeah, that line. Oh my gosh, just beautiful. Um, did you guys have anything else to comment on about the Avengers compound in New York?
0: Nah, it I was have a pretty quick scene. I here. thought for the most yeah. part. Yeah, I have much more to say about the next scene. (laughs) Of course, of course.
1: Yeah, and I just, before we move on to that, it's just like, you could really see, I thought that scene, it was very short, but you could see their relationship growing and you could see like, they did a really good job of just showing the emotion between the two of them and and it felt natural. I feel like a lot of times in TV shows when someone's depressed or something like that, or someone's like, you know, they're like, hey, just feel better, you know, I'm here. Well, it's usually (laughs) bad. And I thought that they really nailed the whole feel of it all. Um, And it felt very real, which was nice. Yeah. All right. From this moment, (laughs) this is a big one. This is, I think, the, the one I have the most notes on. We head to Sword HQ after everyone blips back. So in a previous episode, we heard and saw part of this. We saw Wanda... Uh, exploding, you know, breaking into part of the SWORD facility. And we had director Tyler Hayward saying that um, Wanda broke into the SWORD facility and stole the body of Vision. And so that's kind of what I think the audience expectation was. is like, oh, shit, here we go. Um, we're going to see her steal his body. But it opens up with her at the front desk, uh, which at that point, I immediately was like, you know, I don't think if Wanda's going to steal back Vision's body, she's stopping at the <laughs> concierge here uh, to ask for directions, and so that was the first thing that uh, that threw me off. Um, <laughs> did you guys have that same reaction, or I don't know what were you guys thinking when this opened up with her at the front desk?
2: Yeah, pretty much that. Like, oh, let me just stop in, make sure I check in with front desk before I proceed. You know, I gotta get my badge to enter. Yeah, visitor or something. badge, yeah, or yeah. That.
0: Yeah, I definitely right. felt like it was a different, I don't know if I thought, um, I didn't think that, I wasn't immediately convinced that she wasn't going to steal Vision's body at this point, but I did immediately think like, oh, this is a little bit of a different picture than what we were led to believe Um, I had that image of her just like busting doors down and shit in my head. Right. And it wasn't it wasn't that at all. I'm sure maybe Go ahead, Kate.
2: Oh yeah, she was just wasn't enraged like you would think and how she was pictured earlier. She was um just like this grieving uh, I don't want to say widow, but you know, grieving partner, um, who just wanted to see the body of her loved one. Yeah, right. You know?
1: one might say a white widow. <clears throat> <laughs> Moving on. Um, I think what really sold this whole thing uh, to me, where I was like, something different is going on. So, someone calls on the phone to the security desk and was like, basically, let her in. And I was like, okay, that's got to be Director Hayward, right? And then she blasts the doors open on her own, and I was like, okay, like that didn't go as I expected it to in the in the video we previously saw, and so. She meets with director Hayward, which is something I never expected to happen either. I was like, she's meeting with him. Like, this is already going in a way different direction than I expected. And Hayward shows her the crew of, I guess, sword scientists. I don't know what you call them. And they're, like, violently ripping and sawing apart Vision's body. And it immediately became clear to me that he was trying to agitate her or provoke her. Oh, yeah. Um, And in my brain, I was like, what are you doing? You fuckhead. Like, he's just like, he's being a complete ass. Um, and it was confusing to me. Um, but then at one point Hayward basically reveals that he believes Wanda has the power to bring vision back online as he puts it before he corrects himself and says back to life. Um, and I literally have in my notes, Hayward is such a fuckhead,
0: Uh, (laughs)
1: wanda says to him he's all i have and hayward replies well that's just it wanda he isn't yours and so she wants to bury him but hayward says he's three billion dollars worth of vibranium i can't have you just bury him in the ground
0: honestly that line made me kind of see his point i'm not gonna lie like he's for sure a fuckhead but if you work for a government And that's $3 billion worth of some governments, like the rarest material ever. Yeah. You cannot. Yeah. You have to take care of that. (laughs) Like there. Yeah. It kind of made me see, see his point. I'm not going to lie.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think once, once we got to the part where he's like, you know, you're the one that has the power to bring him back to life. I was like, okay, he's a piece of shit. But now I get what he's trying to do. Yeah. You could see the look in his face like, is what I'm doing going to get you to do what I hope you will? You know, kind of
2: poking the bear.
1: Yeah. And and he he poked her for sure. She she ends up blowing up the glass in front of him and jumping down. And that's where he got the footage before. Um, but she basically uses her powers and she tries to sense vision's presence in his body uh, to which she says, I don't feel you. Um, which was really heartbreaking. Just, just seeing Vision's head dead oh. and like his ripped off. It just like it was kind of fucked up. It was uh,
2: disturbing which is, as hell.
1: Yeah, it just, you know, it's we all see Vision as a person, um, and not as a robot, really. And I think they've done a good job at, at humanizing him. And just seeing all the parts ripped apart and all of his like little cables and everything getting pulled apart. It was very gruesome, even though it wasn't a natural human body. Kate, did you have any other, before before she leaves, um, just any other kind of thoughts on, on that whole sequence of her meeting with Hayward and, and seeing his body?
2: Um, I mean, I think we've talked uh, pretty much about everything. So I just, it was heartbreaking, like, for me, seeing her see this, like, decapitated head of her loved one was just, that was really raw.
1: Yeah, you could you could feel the emotion. I mean, she's just completely torn up. Um, and, and, you know, the, uh, probably the most shocking thing is, is we then see her walk out. She mm-hmm. just walks out. And, and I know for from my perspective, I was just like, this has gone in every opposite direction I thought it was going to. We see her get into a car and leave, um, which is just super bizarre because you have this broken up girl and you have this narrative you've been told. And it just doesn't happen. Vision's body's still there. She didn't take it. So what's going on? You know, question mark. So at this point, she drives to Westview, New Jersey, um, which is crazy. Uh, You know, we see, I think we see Herb. I'm not sure if it was Herb. It looks kind of like Herb, but it looked a little bit different.
0: So she, the reason she does this is because she finds an envelope in her car. Right. Right. What is... I'm assuming that I didn't think that she found it. I was assuming that she had that with
1: her already. Okay. okay. So she has an envelope. We don't know what it is yet, um, but the envelope ends up being the deed to a home in Westview, New Jersey, and it has a heart on it that reads inside to grow old in. And it's a home that's owned by Wanda and the vision. So vision got this home, this, this, you know, this house construction for her before, You know, the blip and everything happened for them to live in together, which makes this even more heartbreaking. Can I just
2: throw a question out there that is probably, I mean, this is unrealistic to me, but where the hell is Vision getting money from? (laughs) Like, he's not a person. Can he earn money? And where is it coming from?
1: I mean, I'm assuming you have to get paid to be an Avenger or something. I don't know.
2: Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah, I I guess probably Tony in some way.
2: Tony? Okay.
0: Tony probably yeah. just bankrolls all of them. Doesn't even notice. <laughs> it's
1: like, Tony, I want to buy a house in New Jersey. Could have gotten something nicer, but she pulls into Westview. We see Herb. We see Ralph putting up a sign for piano lessons. And we see uh, Mrs. Hart just sitting at a table, um, you know, from the earlier episodes and, and everyone, this is before the hex happens, right? And she basically pulls up to this, this home address and the house, you know, it, it basically is just like the concrete outlines of the house. It looks like it was going to be built and then never was. And so she just kind of, she's standing there. She's super upset. Um, and at this point, we, we see the actual scene in which the hex begins. Um, Wanda breaks down and this power starts erupting from her. Um, she basically instantly builds a house. Uh, out of nowhere and then her power just envelops the entire town and everything turns black and white kind of back to the 50s uh, essentially like the Dick Van Dyke show that we've been watching previously in the episode Um, I will point out um, Mia pointed this out to me um, that when the house is being built the powers look just like the visual on the first issue of the Marvel comic House of M, which is the Scarlet Witch breaking down and losing her mind. And so that was a really cool uh, uh, comic kind of call out there too as well. Um, but the last thing we see her build, she builds the house, this whole town builds out. When she's building the whole house in town, everything's red. But we know that the mind stone had amplified her power in some way. and we see her create vision. From the power of the Mind Stone that's in her, so we see it yellow rather than the red that everything else is building. And at that point, vision is created in this in this town again. What were your guys' thoughts, Eric? I would love to hear what you thought about this whole <laughs> moment and kind of how all of this came to be. What did you think?
0: Man, well, in my notes, I wrote Elizabeth Olsen is fucking incredible. The hex creation was insane. Um, I was the biggest f- fan again what a fucking performance i just like i i i was just like super engrossed into into what was happening um i really feel like vision is like that vision is is real i like i don't think like i think like if wanda i'm not saying this is gonna happen but like in my mind is like he's so real like if Wanda died he would keep existing like he's like real real um i i really think that uh that he is for sure
2: do you i really think, go ahead Kate. do you think he's going to have like typical vision powers like when he can shoot the beam you know from his the mind stone and all that
0: i not only do i think that i think that we are going to see them uh next week in a we have not talked about it yet but uh <laughs> we'll get there we'll get there <laughs> yeah <laughs> i
1: i really do like the call out that she created him not with her red powers but it came from the power of the mind stone that was yes. within her that that mm-hmm. really sold it to me and i like the explanation of it i thought it was awesome um kate but i i, I want to give you a moment to react what was your reaction to all, that whole scene and, and everything kind of the culmination of all these events in the Hex beginning for the first time.
2: Oh man, my first reaction was like the colors. I love seeing like the red from her, the yellow from the Mindstone, knowing that Agatha Harkness is that like deep purple. Um, I just love how their powers are shown through color. Um, thought that was pretty nifty. And then, <laughs> yeah, I thought it was cool because with that yellow in it coming from the Mindstone, she was the only person who could really. Um, detach the Mind Stone from him. Or, well, no, she was the only one who could destroy the Mind Stone because it right. came, that's where her powers were amplified. So I thought that was a cool connection too, like explanation.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I thought overall, and it seems like we all agree, like the scene was just handled really well. Yeah. Um, and it just, it just kind of left me speechless. You know, it was, it was awesome. Um, and, and basically at this point, we see everything come back to creation. We see, Basically, we're brought back to the beginning of the first episode in the 50s, and we're immediately on a television set. You see the TV lights in the studio, and Agatha Harkness is in the, in the studio audience chairs, and she's clapping. And you can tell at this point, she's like, okay, I get it all. You know, all the pieces are there. We understand why this happened. Um, and then uh, we hear the sounds of Billy and Tommy outside, and they're calling for their mother for help. And at this point, we finally see Agatha Harkness floating in the air, kind of full witch outfit. She's got, like, purple glow all over her. Her her makeup's different and everything. And she has, like, I don't know what you'd call them. She's, like, basically choking the boys from, like, powers from her hands while she's floating in air. And she says this to Wanda. um, (laughs) I followed this. In my notes, I followed it with a bunch of mind-blown emojis. She says... (laughs) I know what you are. You have no idea how dangerous you are. You're supposed to be a myth, a being capable of spontaneous creation, and here you are using it to make breakfast for dinner. This is chaos magic, Wanda, and that makes you the Scarlet Witch.
0: Fucking brilliant.
1: Fucking brilliant. Eric, this is your moment. Take it away.
0: (laughs) I mean... Yeah, my mind was for sure blown that just like the delivery, the line. I mean, it's up there in greatest moments of the MCU for me. I feel like it's just like. Easily so, top five. So perfectly executed. It was, uh. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I can say is like, I was sitting here alone and I'm sure I like audibly was like oh my god or just something like that uh just because it was just one of those moments it was perfectly executed it's completely badass uh my quick theory which we can talk about more if you want or not is one billion percent wanda is a nexus being um oh yeah 100% n- I'm no with that. question in my mind the fact that that is the explanation the fact that somehow they made a not dumb way well i mean i guess we'll see how dumb it is but i it doesn't seem dumb but like a legit way to call her the scarlet witch is fucking awesome to me the fact that they made that work in any way is insane
1: i've been waiting for them to call her that for so long yeah and i'm so glad they nailed it they just nailed it man
2: did they have this planned since the very first time that they introduced Wanda's character? Like how did, I don't did think they so. know?
1: I think they thought that I think like Joss Whedon, you know, who I don't agree with on so many things. Um, I think Joss Whedon was probably like, we can't say Scarlet Witch. It's stupid. Yeah. It sounds silly. And I'm sure a lot of people agree with him. And just like with all comics, like they just, they retcon things. They rewrite things. To fit within what came before it and i feel like they fucking nailed it i mean this they, is they figured out a story that works perfect
0: this is maybe the best television retcon of all time like can you think of yeah. a better one no I it's can't. such an aggressive retcon of wanda's character i feel like and power set and it works perfectly
1: yeah i, I couldn't agree more um Kate, I'm sure you and Chris watched this together. I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what were what were your thoughts to this whole scene? Because I feel like this is the climax right here. What were your thoughts? I mean, sharing that with Chris, watching that, did you guys have the same reaction? What 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 happened?
2: Same reaction, but you can imagine Chris's reaction was just like ten times my reaction. He's <laughs> just, you know, I think he shouted and screamed like, "Oh my god!" Super <laughs> exciting. Um, I absolutely loved it. I had one like totally random thought when I was watching Agatha like flying in the air and she's all different, you know, in her outfit. I, was it just me or did her outfit seem like really super cheesy? Like I wish they could have done it a little bit more realistic and not so costumey. was it was, it was
1: definitely like a classic witch, but I was kind of like, you know, she is like 300 years old. She might be a little out of touch you know, stuck with her old ways. Um, I, it's it's a hard thing, right? Like, how do you do a modern witch? Like, especially when she's like 300 years old. I kind of actually enjoy the fact that like, it's very like, like the look of a witch is what we all kind of think it to be maybe. Um, but it, it's definitely like, you know, it's definitely very cartoony or uh, it's like a, a very caricaturistic, I suppose. Uh, it didn't bother me though. I, I'm kind of digging it at this point. I'm all in on it
0: yeah I, Eric, what did you think i did now that you mentioned that i do remember having the thought of like she looks kind of weird like she looks out of place almost um but then the di- yeah I, I guess the dialogue overpowered it so aggressively like just the name the scarlet witch name drop i literally i kind of forgot about it but but you are <laughs> but i do agree i do agree it, it could have been better for sure, and then that was that
1: was the end of the episode, which uh, to me, perfect climax. Yep. Um, and just the culmination of, of all that, it just really paid off. Uh, I think for me, um, and <laughs> and so at this point, I was like, wow, I'm like thoroughly satisfied, and things are going on, and and I'm like, okay, and then the after credit scene pops up. <laughs> And I thought I was thoroughly satisfied, and I realized I wasn't until this moment happened. <laughs> um, you know, the last—I <laughs> think Eric was completely right. The last after-credit scene did nothing. Um, it was just there to get us to watch for this one, um, and it did its job. Um, we are at the Sword facility outside the now expanded Hex, um, and this is the first time we've seen Sword, you know, in the present time, really. Uh, since the last episode. Um, And the team is prepping a launch and we don't know what it is for. Um, And we hear Director Hayward say, we took this thing apart and put it back together a million times, tried every type of power supply under the sun when all we needed was a little energy directly from the source. And I was like, boom, white vision's happening. It's gotta be white (laughs) vision. This is something that happened in the comics. Vision dies, they bring him back and he's all white and he doesn't remember really anything from his past. And I... I wanted this to happen for so long. I didn't think it was going to. Um we now see Hayward and the Sword team is using the drone that they shot at Wanda that is like basically like irradiated with all of her chaos magic, right? And they're using the magic that's surrounding that drone to power a vision again who's all white. And it was just a huge holy fuck moment. They power him up and his eyes glow like this creepy fucking blue and it it, to me i don't know it seemed like evil vision basically um but white vision is back you know this is the old body of the original vision and um i'm assuming he's going to be heading into the hex in this next episode um and the whole thing was just on top of the scarlet witch i can't believe we just got that in an after credit scene i thought it was fucking amazing um kate what did you think this whole moment
2: oh man it's a Maybe I'm just the type of person who gets really caught up on silly, stupid shit. Because, like, I mean, this moment was great. It was really exciting to see. I didn't know White Vision was a comic book character. But, you know, knowing that Hayward is going to use this to his own evil ends was awesome. But then just the fact that, like, they were able to repower this android from one piece of wanda's power that that was enough to power him i was kind of like really that's all it took i don't know
0: interesting that's fair i just thought
2: it was a little much
0: well it makes me wonder if we are gonna find out if um maybe white vision like doesn't have the same abilities that like real vision does because of that or maybe he's working at like one percent capacity or something because yeah i didn't think i did not consider that but you are a hundred percent right that is so outrageously aggressive that a drone's worth of uh of wanda's magic can bring the the most uh yeah complex ai ever created back to life uh with all of his abilities
2: It's either like, okay, really, that just happened? Or I guess it could be just, like, a sign of how fucking powerful Wanda is. So, yeah, I guess I could see that. But my realistic brain was just, like, I suppose,
1: like, I don't know. I I see Wanda's power as being just, like, omnipotent at this point. She's, like, running an entire city uh, without even thinking about it, it seems. And so I guess, like, I'm able to suspend my belief, like... Like she's running a TV show in a town in New Jersey and she had babies with a Android. And so it's like her like having like an irradiated drone, like somehow powering vision back up. I kinda saw it as more of like a uh, like when they bring people back to life with like the paddles, I kinda saw it as like her power was able to like reignite the spark, you know, like and Mm. and get that going rather than it being like a like a power source, you know, like kinda like one of Iron Man's suits, I guess
2: okay i can see that yeah um Fair. outside
1: of that though like what do you guys think like we have like another vision now what what do you guys think uh i mean was that exciting i know eric may- maybe you'll have a different perspective i don't know if the comics and stuff like that um what was your reaction outside of the kind of the power source stuff
0: um yeah i mean i'm stoked we're obviously gonna get a vision versus vision um I'm I'm sure that's gonna be visually incredible. Uh, uh yeah, I'm I'm super stoked. I was oh, can
1: I make my bet here? Yes, at this point, do okay. So we're gonna have a vision versus vision. I have a feeling that this vision's going to be quote unquote bad, but I think he'll only be bad because he's trying to save the people of Westview from what he views as Wanda being a villain, which I think she is in 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 that aspect, right? Yeah. Um, these people are being controlled. Um, I think the vision that she created cannot leave the hex without dying. And so I think he is going to be the soul that fuses with the new visions body. (laughs) Yeah. And that we are going to have our old vision in the new white visions body going forward, but he won't turn his color back. He'll just be
0: white. Oh, Oh, that's an interesting call. I agree with everything, but I think they're for sure going to, he's going to bring his color back maybe with a new design. You know,
1: now that you mention it, that actually does kind of like I feel like the White Vision is a good nod to the comics, but I I don't know if they'd want to use it looks too
0: Creepy! You can't be White Vision. Yeah, with those he does like, Eyes.
1: He looks really evil. Yeah, um, but I do think that they will merge. hundred yeah, percent. It seems like where they're going, they are so.
0: going to merge, and uh perhaps be more powerful than ever. I don't know. We'll we'll find I mean, out. The dude's I already like Superman yeah. with a
1: mind laser. You know. Yeah, and he can be um, intangible when he wants. <laughs> I'm super pumped about it though cuz I just want Vision back. I love Vision. Um you know I'm glad I, we were talking last week do we do we think Vision's going to be alive and I think this this really points it into the yes category. So.
0: Yeah, I agree. I'm changing my answer. He uh he for sure is going to be around for a little while.
1: All righty, folks. Any last words before we rate this episode out of 6 Infinity Stones?
0: Um I like the fact that the there paul Bettany said in a an in an interview that like there was one more huge cameo left in the show and it was with an amazing actor that he could like could not wait yeah. and he always wanted
1: to work with this actor yeah, he always
0: wanted to work with this actor and now it uh it seems the actor was himself and amazing uh, yeah amazing. that is the the greatest troll uh of all the trolls so Good job, Paul Bettany. That's really fucking funny, actually. <laughs> oh, man,
2: I, you had me go in there for a minute. I didn't know because I didn't see the interview. So I'm like, oh, who's the guy? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it
0: turns, <laughs> out, turns out it's uh, it's himself as White Vision. What an
1: amazing troll with, with the press, though. <laughs> I, I, I have to give him props, too. I, I thought that was hilarious because everyone was guessing. Is it Doctor Strange? Is it Ultron? Because well, we know he worked with James Spader before. And then once we realized <laughs> yeah. what it is hilarious
0: yeah super good
1: all right as you know on the infinity watch podcast we rate each of our episodes out of six infinity stones whole stones no parcels here um i'm gonna do something a little different this week eric i want to hear what you're gonna rate this episode out of six infinity stones first
0: all right um i gotta i'm, I'm gonna go fi- it's a high five but, uh, but still, but still a five, still a five, but, uh, but in incredible episodes, I just have for me, a, a six out of six is like f- flawless. Like one of the greatest thing. like, I, I, I feel like I'm going to, I'm a very harsh judge for like a perfect score, but this was very close. I, I went back and forth, um, And in fact, I've been thinking about what I was going to rate it since the end of the episode, because I really loved it. Um, Definitely my favorite episode so far. And it's crazy. I saw. um, uh, Like I saw, I think in the IGN review, they called it like slow, which seemed insane. Yeah, Uh, I did not think this was slow at all. I thought it was i mean it was so satisfying it's like all the answer all the things that i specifically wanted answer for answers for not all but a lot of them they got answers and they were satisfying answers i didn't feel like there was really any cop-outs the they said much of this episode feels like a recap yeah yeah insane and i think they rated it like six out of ten you've never been more wrong ign but um
1: no major twists to alter the pretty straight course. The show has been on since episode one.
0: (laughs) Yeah. yeah, All right. Insane. All right. But, uh, but yeah, I, I was a huge fan. I think the, the explanation for Wanda's power and the infinity stone thing. And like, what is what it was super satisfying for me. I did not think that they could pull off something that was going to be satisfying for me, but They did. And it it all started with the fact that Wanda always had powers, which we never would have expected. And that to me, that leaves the door open for why would a little child have powers? Maybe uh, she was a little mutant child. We Mm. shall find out, I think.
1: Mm. (laughs) We shall. We shall. But uh, all right, Kate. High five. High five. All right, Kate, over to you from the high five.
2: All right. Um, Yeah. So I was thinking about this. I was between two ratings. I wasn't sure I was between a five or a six. So my rationale then is, I think when I appeared on a previous episode for this podcast, um, I think it was maybe episode four and I had rated that one a five. And so I was thinking about that in context, this episode compared to the one that I had rated a five, I think this one is definitely better, but I'm hesitant to give something a six. Cause I'm like, Oh, a six is like, cannot be improved. It is perfection. It, there is nothing higher, but I think that's true for this episode. I can't picture a way that this would be better. And it's far better than what I had rated earlier. So I'm going to give it a six,
1: six whole infinity stones. There it is. All right. Um, I want to explain, my thoughts about this whole episode Um, and I'll go back to how I rate these things. I I, I'm trying to stop thinking about that, thinking about them as numbers and thinking about them as, as kind of a word associated with numbers. So kind of like excellent, great, good, average, bad, just really poor. You know, that's kind of how I go from six to one. Um, I think walking, you know, the whole Agatha Harkness kind of background, walking through all these scenes, you know, these are scenes that we've, we've, Heard about it at a high level, but we got to see them. thought they handled them really well. Wanda having powers from the get-go, amazing. I didn't think that they would ever be able to provide a, a satisfying answer to that either. Um, the questions Eric was asking last week, I feel like we got the best possible answer and explanation for them that we could have. Um, I, I couldn't imagine that being better. The whole scene in the Hydra facility, when we see the Scarlet Witch as she touches the Mind Stone, fucking unbelievable. I loved it. Um, Vision talking to Wanda when she was depressed—just great writing all around. Thought it was fantastic. Um, her not stealing Vision and the whole, you know, beginning of the hex—they showed us it, they walked us through it. It all made sense, and it was just really well executed. I thought. Um, seeing Agatha at the end and the reveal that that Wanda is the Scarlet Witch—we finally get that name drop. And she's this entity. She's had powers before the Mind Stone. It's just, it was amazing. I, I finished the episode, and in my head, I'm like, this is like so high of five. I was so satisfied. Um, and because I've been really cognizant, I listen to what Eric and Chris and everyone else says about my <laughs> ratings. I take into account what people say, because uh, I'm always trying to make sure I'm, I'm representing how I'm feeling the best as I can. Um, and so I'm like, okay, this is like definitely high five for sure. Um, and then the after credit scene came up, and this probably helped that I'm a huge comics nerd, and you know, uh, I love that storyline. But just seeing them, I, I didn't expect all that to happen in this. So much happened in this episode; it was crazy. And to have an after credit scene with such significance, significance, and and seeing this White Vision come to life, um, that's a six for me right there. I, I just. I I can't like it was excellent. It was excellent. I there's nothing more I could ask for some of my previous answers for sure, especially earlier on in the season. I could I would demote those in the context of the whole show. Um, And I'm going to provide an overview next episode once we go through all of them. Um, But this one's staying a six for me, for sure. I just, you know, Scarlet Witch, all the Agatha Harkness stuff, uh, White Vision, you know, just just amazing. I loved it. Solid six, man.
0: Tom, you going through everything at the end there? I think I got to change my answer to a six as well. I think you got trip yeah, sixes. I think you're. I think you're right. There's just so much, and everything was handled so well. I've I, like we got the brilliant writing delivered by Vision, and my opinion, the brilliant performance by uh, both Catherine Hahn and Elizabeth Olsen at different points right. throughout. I mean a lot of uh true brilliant uh, the the special effects in this television show amazing are amazing.
1: mind-blowing
0: so better yeah. than most movies yeah. yeah 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 okay
1: better than most movies yeah i think i think kate kate really stated it well like i just what what more could i have asked yeah for? no yeah like it was great you could just couldn't make it better and and i think it just it scratched every itch um and i think a big sign eric you just kind of mentioned it there like even that small scene with her and Vision in the, in the Avengers facility, like, could have just been, like, a really simple scene that, like, they didn't put much into it. But, like, it just, like, it had so much. Yeah. You know, like, the writing was so good. It just, everything you just mentioned, both of you guys. Um, I'm glad you changed it because I just, I think it's a solid yeah, six. Yeah, no, I it, just, it, it is. It's,
0: it is. It is. It is. Great. For sure.
1: I'm glad we, we, we had an episode where all of us gave it a perfect score. It's just, uh, this is exciting. it's a lot. Yeah, yeah. no, it's, it's no, awesome. It was an incredible and
0: episode of television for sure. I
1: don't think they'll be able to top it quite frankly. That's my opinion. Yeah,
0: we will see if they get, yeah, we'll, we'll see, man. I don't know. This feels
1: like a climax before they have to tie loose ends. And I feel like tying loose ends is never as satisfying as like the climax of getting answers and finding out things um i definitely am like a, i love being in the middle of the story where you still are trying to guess but then you're still getting some answers at the same time i feel like it's always more satisfying than the conclusion but i would love to be wrong if we'll the see.
0: conclusion comes with the uh knowledge of and the reveal of the nexus and just full-blown if they're like Oh yeah, by the way, uh PH that's a different Pietro from a different reality. I'm Doctor Strange. We'll see you in my movie. Bye. Like if that's uh Oh my gosh. If that's I feel like that's very likely how that could happen and I feel like that will be uh amazing for me
1: personally. All right. So, let's get it on the record here from from we'll start with Kate. Is Doctor Strange in the next episode, yes or no?
2: Oh gosh. Uh I want to say yes. Um but I feel like this show can stand on its own without these huge cameos and guest appearances. Um, I think so much potentially could already happen in the next episode with this big, you know, showdown that they're building up to and all these powerful characters, um, Monica, and now this white vision. And um, I don't think it's necessary. And I think I'm kind of curious to see what happens without Dr. Strange.
1: You know it's funny, like you just mentioning Monica's name, like this episode almost made me forget about Monica, and I love Monica, so she definitely has to have a pretty significant role next episode. Um, Eric, same question: Doctor Strange in episode nine, yes or no?
0: Yeah, while I agree with everything you just said, Kate, I do not think. uh, I I mean, this show can more than stand on its own. I definitely, I do think Doctor Strange is going to make an appearance, but I don't. I think it's going to be less of hey, look at Benedict Cumberbatch in this big celebrity cameo. I And I think it's going to be more of Doctor Strange is the sorcerer supreme of Earth. Clearly some crazy magical shit is going down. He... I think it would make less sense if he didn't show up. <laughs> like if he if he just like allowed this to happen. Um, I mean, he's supposed to be the protector of Earth against all things magical. So like, what the fuck are you doing, Stephen? How are you not here by now?
1: <laughs> right. So, so maybe I'm, I might bridge the gap between you two. I think he's showing up, but he's showing up in the after credit scene. Maybe.
2: Maybe. There we go. I could see that. Yeah.
1: But I, well, I would love it. <laughs> I'm with you, Kate. Uh, I guess I'm with both of you guys. I would love for Stephen Strange to show up. Um, and, yeah, I mean, you would think, as the Sorcerer Supreme, you know, Loki showed up at a building, and five minutes later he was falling for 30 minutes. Yeah. Um, you know, so you would think um, he'd have his his sights out. But we'll see. Who knows? Maybe the Multiverse of Madness is kind of preoccupying his time right now. We never know. Yeah. So. All right, um, let's move on to recommendations. Kate, do you have anything to recommend to us this week? What's going on?
2: Ooh, yes, I have two small ones, or well, maybe one small one and a, a bigger one. The first um, is a little spice that I was introduced to this week. It's called, uh, it's from Trader Joe's, and it's um, everything but the bagel. And so it's like this spice mixture of a, like an everything flavored bagel, just all those seasonings and everything. I freaking love it. <sighs> what I'm do this, you
1: What do you put it on?
2: Um, I've been sprinkling it on my plain bagel because, well, this is the story. I went to the store to get my normal gluten-free everything flavored bagel from um, Trader Joe's, and they were out of it. So I bought Oh, my a, gosh. I know. It's like, what does the world come to? Right. JK. That's totally joking. Um, <laughs> And so I I bought the plain and I got my cream cheese and I bought this seasoning to make my own everything flavor bagel. Um but also I do little egg breakfast sandwiches, sprinkle some of that on the egg. Ooh, Tom, you you would like it.
1: Oh yeah, I'm all about that. Put some yes. eggs on the on the bagel there. Ooh. Oh yeah. My um, only problem with Trader Joe's is every time I go there, there's like 27 people waiting out in a line to get in, and I just don't wait for things. I, I it's one of my least favorite activities as a human beings. So it's like I'm just gonna go to Whole Foods, you know.
2: Some things are worth the wait. Some things, um, yeah, no, I totally understand that. Our Trader Joe's is pretty, uh, pretty low key when we go. It's not crazy busy. Yeah, it's like uh,
1: it's like come on, guys! It's like a Wednesday night at 8:30, and you're waiting outside at a Trader Joe's. It's snowing? Like, what? (laughs)
2: do they they sell gold for free?
1: Sorry, Kate, I'm interrupting you. you
2: No, no. I mean, this stuff is like gold on your (laughs) bank. I love it. Um, And then the other thing is I just was introduced to the Doctor Who TV series, the show. And I will say, I will preface that I have not watched many episodes, so I do not have that strong of an opinion yet um, to really recommend it. I think we've watched maybe four episodes, but I am very intrigued and I just love,
1: where did you guys start? Which um, actor?
2: Yeah, we started with David Tennant because I had read that you can skip, I guess the season one that came out in like 2005 or something. You can skip and start with season two um, with David Tennant when he starts as Dr. Who. And you really don't like miss too much. You can just pick up and go um eric i think you are the doctor who master so feel free to add or you know jump in if that's right or not well,
0: i'm d- certainly not the doctor who master but yeah i agree i, I think there are doctor who fans out there who would who will be very upset at this mindset yeah but, like, i was
1: about to say that
0: but uh, <laughs> but also i mean the uh, the christopher ecklestein season was before like clearly the BBC did not know if this was going to do well uh it looks it just looks bad there's a lot about it that's just bad and uh Christopher Eccleston is great but there is no denying that David Tennant brings like the amount of fucking energy and talent that yeah. guy has is unbelievable uh but I'm super glad you guys are watching it Kate I I fucking love Doctor Who and particularly um the David Tennant seasons, he's, uh, he's a hell of a performer, that is for sure. Yeah, I, I struggled
1: through the first season with, with Christopher Ecclestein. Um, it had its good parts and its bad parts, for sure. Um, and I know a lot of fans love it, but I definitely had an easier, more enjoyable time starting when uh, the tenth doctor came in with, with David Tennant. So I, I agree there, Eric. For sure. Alrighty, Doctor Who, Kate, we're getting into the more nerdy territory, I love it um, <laughs> Super awesome stuff Eric, what do you got for us this week?
0: Alright, so I have one recommendation and one uh, like not not recommendation uh, the not recommendation is I finished uh, the sequel to the book Ready Player One, uh, it's called Ready Player Two and I guess it's not a not rec- it's just like uh it's like there are parts of the book that are really entertaining. I would say even a lot of the book is really entertaining, but it's almost overshadowed by the fact that the author is just like so clearly such a weird dude. And it's like, like, like not like when it comes to uh, like relationships and stuff, you can just tell it's just like weird. Like the, the relationships between the main characters are just weird And it's like the main character is like he tries to portray the main character as like, you know, he's like the protagonist. He's the hero. He's a good guy. But he's so clearly toxic and like he kind of it's kind of addressed, but not in a way like it's clear that the author doesn't understand how toxic this character is. And it's like I just got to say not to be too hashtag woke or anything, but it did. But it did come off as like. This is, like, the worst of, like, the toxic, like, simp mentality that, like, guys can get into, and it's just, like, really, really, uh, weird, I feel like, and so I didn't like that at all, and also the story wasn't as good as the first one either, so I say fuck that book, uh, so just FYI, if you're a fan of the first one, you're interested in the second one, it's, like the faults of the first one are amplified and the story isn't even as good. So I would say, don't bother. Um,
1: I've heard a lot of people saying similar things. Yeah. Eric.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's just uh, like, I'm not even glad normally, even when I'm done, I'm like, well, at least I'm glad I read it, but like I easily could have taken it or left it. It's uh there are some kind of interesting ideas, but none that haven't been explored way better in different media um but the one i i will recommend is i f- also finished the third and final book of the star wars trilogy i've been reading uh so it's star wars the jedi academy trilogy volume 3 champions of the force uh that book is super good it's got little like 5 year old jedi is being uh helped along by basically trapped in the spirit world luke in like lightsaber light the lightsaber battles uh <laughs> and uh yeah calamarian jedi who like do psychic surgery basically it's like fucking wild uh, a lot of really cool star y stuff in that star wars book so that's my actual recommendation
1: awesome love it love it um, all right. I have kind of like a, a maybe a mini recommendation and, a, and then a regular one, I suppose. Um, if you want to understand white vision, you know, if you're into comics, I've been very comic-y with my recommendations lately. Um, you can get a book. It's called the Avengers West Coast Epic Collection Vision Quest. And so Vision Quest is is the storyline where we see um, Vision kind of resurrected as white vision. Um, written by John Byrne. And so you can get that on Amazon. It's like 20 bucks. It looks like it's actually out of stock until next week, probably because everyone saw white vision and we're like, what's up with that white vision. Let me buy it. But yeah, Avengers West coast vision quest. If you want to read a little bit more about that. Um, but the recommendation that I'm going to take personally myself this week is I'm going to go back and watch all of Wanda vision <laughs> before Friday. Um, you know, I know after this last episode, uh, both my partner Amelia and I have, have been going on Twitter, going on Reddit, going on all these websites and reading all these connections. The connective tissue in this show is so well done, you know, regardless of what your opinion is about the whole journey, that how we got here and all that. Um, you know, there was an episode, uh, Wanda's watching an episode of a sitcom, I can't remember which one, maybe it was the Brady Bunch, while she's in the Sokovian um, Hydra facility and the girl's holding a doll in it. And it's the same doll that Vision was practicing putting diapers on before they had kids in a previous episode. And there's so many little things like that throughout the show where it's just like, holy shit, like this minuscule detail that doesn't like really matter. They put care and thought into it. And so um, I think I think it'll be really beneficial, at, at least to me, and I'm sure if you're a really big fan of this show. It's only about four hours long, the the whole series, right? And so... Maybe to spend a spend a few days before the season finale, series finale probably comes out on Friday, and then I don't know, get that whole experience. And so I, I know I'm going to do that next week. I'm going to go through and rate the episodes um, individually. You know, again, now that we have the context of the whole show. Um, and so if you're into rewatching things, I know Eric will never do this, <laughs> um, but I know I'm a, I'm a rewatcher. I like rewatching things and, and trying to spot new things in it. So that's my recommendation. If if you're into this show and and really want to maybe get the most out of this last episode. So good shit. All righty, folks, that's a wrap on episode seven of the infinity watch. If you want to reach out to us uh, prior to the finale, let us know what you're thinking theories, whatever, um, what you're liking, what you're not. You can tweet at infinity rewatch or shoot us an email at the infinity watch podcast at gmail.com. And maybe we'll talk about you on the show. Depends on how many hateful things you say. So, Alrighty, folks. Until next week. Fuck the billionaires. Fuck the
2: billionaires! (laughs) That's right, Melody. There
1: we go. I thought I'd surprise you on that one. (laughs) I
2: love it!